Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number four for Tuesday, November 13. Well, uh, today the lesson is taking a turn. We've been looking at some things that are uncomfortable, you know, the, the negative things that took place in the early church and that actually took place in our church as well. Um, but we don't have to focus on what has happened then. The title of this today's lesson is The Spirit is Leading. Praise the Lord. And I am confident that as the Spirit led back in the early church uh, through this turmoil, He is still leading. It's not He will lead, but He is leading even now. I am confident of that. Um, I want to share with you some things that you know address some of the things we talked about as far as fear and anger. How those emotions can come up unexpectedly. They certainly came up for the early church when uh, the church leaders in Jerusalem caught wind of what happened in Caesarea with Cornelius and Peter. All sorts of eyebrows went up, right? And questions, what's Peter doing? Is he, is he gone rogue? Uh, what, what's going on? So Peter and then, of course, later on, um, Paul and Barnabas take place in the discussion. Um, and prayer, you know, they, they just simply react to this. They want to hear. Let, let's hear the things out. And through the, their testimony and, of course, appeal to Scripture, um, they were led to recognize God's hand in this. But fear, right? Fear, apprehension. Uh, we fear those things that we're not familiar with or things that, you know, prejudice simply means fear because something has been told to me and I am assuming it is so without ever uh, verifying it myself. That's prejudice and it's based on fear as well. Um, I experienced this um, in, in my own journey uh, in, Christian, in Christianity. Um, my family, we started going to a Spanish church in 13th Street in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And as the youth in that church dwindled to just my brother and I, basically, my parents realized, you know, Marcelo, Ariel, one day they'll want to find a girl, a woman, um, and there aren't any here. And more so, friends right now, they need friends. And if they don't have friends in the church, then they will supply that need with friends from individuals that may not be necessarily bad, but have no idea, no desire for spiritual things. So my parents um, began to attend the Harrisburg First Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, and at first we were excited because we finally saw kids our age in that church. The problem was that for three Sabbaths, we went to that church straight. No one said anything to us. And just the last Sabbath that I told my parents, if no one says hi to us and no one says anything to us, this is the last time we go to this church. Uh, and we're not going back to the old church either. Um, and just that Sabbath, David Castle uh, approached my brother and I and invited us for a hike. And that changed everything. After that, we made friends, Brian, Roger, David Snyder. Um, and of course, eventually I ended up meeting Bob, who to this day is one of the dearest brothers that I have on this planet, one of the dearest friends, Christian friends, God has blessed me with. But as the years went by, about three or four years after we started going to that church and the friendships with the youth, you know, got to a comfort level, some things came to the surface. And things that right now, looking back, I realized it's the same process that the early church had, you know, this fear. Um, one of the young ladies that we, we were friends with, Carrie, said, you know, when our parents saw you and your brother, and there were other uh, Hispanics that also at the same time began to uh, attend the English church, the Harrisburg church, 
um, she, she said when our parents, our dads saw you guys come in, they were like, hide your daughters. <laughs> um, and I mean, they didn't know. What did they know? I mean, what did the media say about Hispanic men? What do movies, how did movies portray Hispanic men up to that point, right? Um, Shakira and Gloria Estefan, not that much, and all these other Hispanic movie stars that are more prominent now did not exist back then, you know? And so most of the roles that Hispanics had, as far as media were concerned, were criminals. And as far as the myths were, Hispanic men get women pregnant and leave. Uh, those are all stereotypes, which means they're not true. They may be here, there, and I, that's across every culture. But whatever, our church was scared. <laughs> this church that I love originally was scared. And you know what? So was I. I went to predominantly African-American school, public high school, and not to, to not too many Caucasians in that school. But there was a lot of prejudice against them. And things that had been said to me and, and taught to me as gospel that I, I chose to believe. So I went to that church expecting some of these things to be real. And like I told you, Robert Smith and many other members in that church, the Wirt family, the Hoke family, all these individuals dispelled this prejudice from our heart and in doing so, um, took away the fear. And with, when fear goes away, I mean, fear can be a precursor to anger um, or anger reactions. And it was, a, it was a mutual blessing because the church also got to see that my brother and I were not perfect, but we were also not seeking to do the things that media and society had prejudiced some people to believing into. And it led to a beautiful relationship. But that was with the youth primarily. With the adults, it took longer. Actually, you know what changed the, the adult mindset um, in relating to my parents and the older Hispanics that had started attending this church? We got a pastor named Yves Monier. And Pastor Monier had a brother named Eric in Bolivia. And he coordinated for our church to go and do a mission trip down in Bolivia. And my dad had worked in Bolivia. He loved Bolivia. And so my dad definitely signed up to go. And what ended up happening is in serving, in ministry, side by side, when that group of church members went down to Bolivia, their level of friendship, like the lesson taught us, you know, some, some weeks back, that experience united them to levels that I don't think they could have experienced that level of unity just by continuing to go to church, same old, same old, Sabbath after Sabbath. And now, after that trip, I was taken back by how these individuals would walk up to my dad and hug him. And my dad was a bit self-conscious about his accent, so he kept to himself most of the time. But now my dad was going up to other people and they knew each other's name. That's amazing! Because in churches that they after you go like after over 50 members not everybody really knows everybody and if you go even go bigger than that you know you only know certain pockets now people knew each other's name that was huge and they knew names of people that they were afraid of originally my dad too was afraid because of his accent and his limited vocabulary he was afraid of not being understood of being ridiculed but perfect love casts out fear and how did god cast out the fear of this church that i love so much by service by mission 
I'm wondering, right? This is just me thinking out loud, this tiny little brain of mine speaking. Um, what if we proposed, right? We, someone would say to the powers that be, hey, let's take all the presidents of all the conferences and unions from the North American division, and instead of sending them to some fancy resort in Orlando or so wherever, for some, you know, nice camaraderie and spiritual renewal, how about we send them to like Borneo or places in Peru or, you know, the outback, some, some rugged place where they will not be wearing suits and ties, where they will not be wearing their typical attire. Why don't we take all the presidents and send them out there to build churches, dig wells together, together? I'm just thinking, what would happen? My guess, my suspicion is that we would have a great um, diminished uh, communication of what Satan wants us to communicate through social media and private conversations and surmisings and things like that. I, I believe, I am confident that the church may talk, you know, it's the mission, the mission, the mission, but it's usually directed towards the lay people. I'm thinking that the pastor, the leaders, the president of my conference and the president of the Ohio conference and the Southern California conference and the Washington conference and all of these presidents should be given a month off soon, <laughs> uh, two weeks at the least. And through Maranatha or Adventist Frontier Mission, somewhere, we, we have plenty of places to serve. Send them out there and have them work side by side. I am confident that our church would experience a revival because as these leaders would come back, they would not just know each other's names, they would know each other's hearts. And it's only when we know each other's hearts that we can truly ascertain better what our behaviors are. Our words and our outward behavior does not sometimes really reflect what our heart is. It will be an awesome thing for our leaders to invest in understanding each other. Amen.